it started some weeks ago of a kingdom heart. Now I want to emphasize some things before we break today. Thank you, Brother Francis. That's so good. But about a kingdom heart, and today is part three of it. We started some weeks ago. Again, the message is available for, for free. Part one and part two and part three, of it, part three of it now today. But let's go back to Matthew chapter six. Matthew six from verse 19. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Let's read that on verse 21 together. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's say it again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You may be thinking like, why do you have to repeat it over and over again, church? That's how faith comes. That's how faith comes. Many times people, uh, as believers, hear something once and they think they have it. But until we hear it over and over again and receive it by revelation... If you can think of it, you can, you, can, you, can, you, are, you can act on it without even thinking, then you have it. Then you have it. If you can hear news and someone say, you know so and so, this has happened to them, and you say, you know what, I stand against the devil right now in the name of Jesus. Instead of going, Ooh, Ooh, what is going to happen? Even me, I'm finished. You don't have it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is, is, is speaking. But if you have the principles of the kingdom of God, and they have become part of you, even at midnight, when a crisis shows up, you have faith working. You have the word alive. And let me tell you something. The mark in the, spirit of, in, the, in the realm of the spirit is that you are able to withstand the devil, and he knows it. He knows it. That's what you want, church. It's not praise the Lord in the natural realm. It's that ability, it's that power that the enemy knows. No, we don't have to go around that, 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 that young lady. He'll cause pro, she'll cause problems to us. Why is that? There's a working revelation. There's a working revelation. Jesus says, I will build my church. Upon what? Upon revelation knowledge. Not as a mental ascent. It's revelation. It's a hard thing. You know right inside of you. You know like you know your name that you are a victor. <laughs> Tina said that when I said, you know, quoting her and start talking to her, he is a young man who's broke, but with a big mouth of faith. <laughs> I mean, that, that's all I had. Big mouth of faith. And I wasn't trying to impress her. These are things that I've meditated over and over and over again. And what do you keep speaking? Future. This is what we are doing. Amen. Fifteen years later, it's working and turned 46 and I'm continuing in that same manner. I'll tell you, when I turn 90, this is what will be happening. You know what? You keep your faith alive. You feed your faith on a daily basis. 
It's not the scripture I read yesterday. It's the life that is in the scripture that I'm, I'm getting into today. Why do you keep drinking water every day? Why don't you say I drank the whole of it, all of it last week? And I don't think I'm going to have any water anymore. What will happen? Dehydration, which leads to death. Listen, the word is living. The word is active. The word, your spirit was created by God in a way that a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Father comes. It's a continuous tense. It's a rema word. You receive it on a daily basis. You have it right inside of you. you if you hear about John 3.16, you go to John 3.16. You go right over there. For God so loved the world. Your eye gets. Your ear gets. Your mouth, you're speaking that word. You're feeding your spirit with it. The Bible says your pain, it, my, my, my tongue is a pain of a red writer. In other words, you take the word of God and write it in the tablets of your heart. Amen. You don't go to a breakfast table and you, you just meditate. And then you say, I've already had my breakfast. No, you won't. Get full. <laughs> Some believers just think of thinking of a scripture I read yesterday. No. Go into it today. Read it afresh. Let it fill your heart. And then you start now meditating on that scripture and life comes in, inside of you. So where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Again, you've, you've heard even Brother Francis say, yeah, I find your treasure, I have found your heart. Remember the message is this. Is a kingdom heart. Well, this is where many people, even believers, miss it. All what they want is our money. Now you're believing it's a heart issue. You're, you're forgetting we start with a heart issue. We go to the God. Listen, God in dealing with man, he deals with the core of man's existence, which is the spirit. That's exactly what he did. If any man be in Christ, is a new creation. What is that? Did you become 10 inch longer? I mean taller when you gave your life to Christ? No, but what happened? You are made a new creation right inside of you. You remember you are a spirit being. You have a soul and live in a body. When God is dealing with the issue, he goes to the core of the existence of man. He goes to the heart. And that's what we are going to look at today. He goes to the, it's a kingdom heart. Let's go like an example to Mark chapter 10 again of that rich young ruler. 10, 17. Verse 17 says, Now as he was going, talking about Jesus, going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, I told you this rich young ruler was a religious. He came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit in eternal life? And you know, he told him, You know the law. But I won't go into all details because of that time. The time you can go again and find out the message. Let's go to verse 21. Then Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you'll have a treasure in heaven. And came and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Let's see his response. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had what? Great possessions. I like saying this. It in this manner. And the possessions had him. 
He had great possessions, and the possessions had his heart. Remember, Jesus is going to the pointing to the root of this whole issue. A turn of heart. And we looked at Zacchaeus last, last two, two Sundays ago, and we realized Zacchaeus was so transformed. His heart had turned towards God that the one who was considered as, a, as an outcast by the Jews uh, because of working, he was the chief tax collector, working with the Roman government, because of that being considered an outcast by the Jews and the Pharisees, of course, religious people, his heart turned to the Lord, and without being asked, he said this, Hey, Master, Lord, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone, I'm going to restore to them. Did he say fourfold? Yeah, he says, I'm going to restore to, the, to them. That's a turn of heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So look at this then. We see here the Lord telling him, from the scriptures above, we see one of the ways that Jesus says that you can lay up treasures in heaven is given to the poor. Let me say something over here. Some years ago, it happened. You know, you walk down and there's so many needy people. And uh, you want to help. Do you feel that way? You want to help everyone. How I many of you, you find an opportunity to help someone? And then uh, I saw an expose of uh, beggars, some quote-unquote beggars in town. And some of them even bandaged and all that lying in the sun the whole day. But they had no wounds. Did anyone saw you that? And then they were dropped by people who have vehicles early in the morning. I dropped them and, you know, to the streets and strategically. And in the beginning, those, in the evening, those people come and they are collecting their funds and take them to some lodging somewhere and feed them with almost nothing. But they were slaves of individuals. Anyone who watched that? Yes. Uh, anyone? I won't go there. But, but then, I say, Lord, I mean, what am I going to do then? For, you know, you want to help people? You want to give to people? So what is going to happen? I mean, uh, many, there are so many con people. You've met with so many con people, and they give you stories. They have rehearsed over and over again until you're moved as a Christian. I'm moved, I need to help. And only to realize you've been conned. Anyone who's ever been that? Some relative that you haven't seen for years, then he shows up one time and gives you a, a sorry story. Anyone who's ever happened? And then realize, oh my goodness, I've been... Let me, let me tell you one, one, one of it that I was... I, I felt I was walking by faith. But some, some years ago in Westlands, here I come, I find a certain mama, and she has a vehicle parked by the road. And she said, uh, and, and she stopped me. And I thought, you know, let me see if I can help. She looked at mama. And, and then she, she, she asked me, daytime, I mean, it was maybe three o'clock, 
in the afternoon. And she said, uh, oh, yeah, I was going here and um, I've had a problem with uh, fuel. You know, I'm going to a certain place and I really need someone to help me with fuel. Would you please help me? I thought, sure. And I gave some money towards her fuel. Only to find out some, a year or so later that so many people posted her on Facebook and her vehicle. And the street that she usually, the, the side of Westlands that she usually takes advantage of people to get money for fuel. All the time for fuel. I said, you know, what devil. <laughs> when the thief is caught, you will not steal from me. I use my faith in the name of Jesus. And everything that you've stolen from me, I, I speak a sevenfold restoration in the name of Jesus. I have my faith working. But look at this. You hear so many of those things, and this is typical of what Jesus said concerning last days. The love of many shall grow cold. Men become suspicious towards one another. I asked the Lord, how can I, how can I overcome this? He said this, if you listen to me, I'll instruct you. If you listen to me, I will instruct you. I know Every heart of every man, I will instruct you, and there is no one who will con you. That's why, listen, it's not to be, just be born again. It's having that relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you listen to him, he will tell you. He will tell you he's just fake. He's conning you. He's trying to con you. Listen, and in many times he will show you even things to come. Why is that so? He will he'll tell you, be aware of that individual who will be coming. I remember a certain individual years ago when we came to this land over here, we were being attacked all over. And there's one who kept wanting to meet with me and wanting to meet with me several times. And the Lord spoke to me. I have it written in my book, I think it's 2009 or 2008. Maybe seven. He said this. So and so will be calling calling you will be calling you in the morning and it will be the first call you are going to receive don't pick up his call I have it written down church I didn't pick up that individual's call it was being used by some forces some individuals and when I didn't pick up that call that was the last time that individual called me Because there were individuals coming in influenced by politicians, some politicians, not all politicians, but, but to remove us from this land. And there's a big influence. I mean, with lawyers and coming uh, at some point, uh, you know, Pastor Wade told me, you know, what? tell that individual, tell those individuals, you know, uh, we are not handling this, go for that meeting and tell them our lawyer is going to handle that. Give them the address of our lawyer. We'd have been removed in 2005. It was that vicious. But listen, the instructions of the Lord will make you win all the time. All the time, church. Why, why would he instruct you concerning finances? He would instruct you if you have his heart, your heart in him. Remember where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
So if your treasure is in, in him, you're obeying him, he will speak to you. He will tell you. In other words, look at this. He will protect you from the moth. He will protect you from the rust. He will protect you from thieves. I'll show you from the scriptures. It will mean that the Lord has your treasure, then he has your heart. Therefore, he will direct you on how to give through his word and spirit. You will hear his voice. His sheep. No. His voice. And then what will happen then? You've you've ever heard phrases like, he won her heart? Huh? You've ever heard of that? Oh my goodness, that little girl we tried, that lady we tried to talk about, to talk to her about that man, and, but she couldn't listen because that man really spoke, deceived her until he won her heart. You've ever, you've ever, you've ever tried someone that, such kind of a person? That they are deceived until you're trying to talk to them and it's so obvious everyone to, to see. And they have this demonic phrases that, uh, uh, that love is, is uh, blind. However, you, God is love. How can God be blind? <laughs> ah, you know, love is blind. No. That which causes blindness doesn't come from heaven. That's called foolishness. <laughs> foolishness has blinded him or her. That's what you should say. But then, what I'm saying in this, when you listen to God and you lay up your treasures in him, he has your heart. He has your treasure. He can now show you, listen, he can influence you in decisions. And one thought from him will make you a multi-billionaire. That you should always think in that way. Rich, wealth is not a wicked word. It came from heaven. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Giving in obedience to God is laying up treasures in heaven. Giving in obedience to God is laying up treasures in heaven. And let's see some of the words that Jesus uh, introduces in this, uh, in this uh, uh, scripture that you've read here. Let's continue there in verse 21, ladies. 20, 23, sorry. 23, so then Jesus looked and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. How hard to those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples are astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, look at this, he needed to clarify this. Because I don't believe those disciples are poor. If they were, they could have said, Amen. I mean, that's, that's a, if they were poor, they could have said, Amen. How hard for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. They could have said, Amen, Jesus, we agree, and it is done. But what was their response? They were astonished at his words. Hey, we have disciples of Jesus who ministered. They had wealth. Look at, uh, is it Luke, Luke chapter 11? Look, Luke chapter 11. The verse one over there, we see women who are riches ministering in, in, in the in 
ministering with their substance in the ministry of Jesus. Joseph of Armadia was a rich man. So we have plenty of them. They're not poor people. But look at this. Uh, did Zacchaeus become a disciple of Jesus? Was he a poor man? No, he wasn't. But look at this. They were astonished. I'm, I'm emphasizing that. They were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who do what? That's the big word right there. Don't forget these three words. Heart, treasure, trust. Heart, treasure, trust. Don't forget those words. Because these are big in, in walking in the kingdom of God. In seeing the kingdom of God principles working for your life. How hard it is for those who do what? Trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. Now look at this then. Trust from Miriam's Webster's Dictionary. I like it. What it means is assured reliance on the character. Assurance, assured reliance on the character. That's trust. Assured reliance of what? Of the, or, or, on, the, on the character. And then ability. Again, assurance, assured reliance on the character. Ability. Strength. Or truth of someone or something. I'll say it again. Assured reliance on the character. Ability. Strength. Or truth of someone or something. Listen, one in which confidence is placed. What does God want? God said, I want you to trust me. I want you to be assured you rely on my character, on my ability and strength. You see the connection? Assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of God as the absolute authority in your life. So then he says, uh, go go to the verse 24, please. Uh, He says, how hard it is for those who do what? Trust in riches. They do what? Trust in in riches to enter the kingdom of God. But God, the big thing here, church, is God wants us to trust him with our treasures which is equals to our hearts. Because where our treasure is, there our hearts will be also. Remember he says, don't lay it up for you on earth. Do it in heaven. The system of the kingdom of God. Because you must trust in this system because it never fails. But the system of the earth controlled by the kingdom of darkness fails. It has moth, it has rust, it has corruption. That's exactly what it is. And it has thieves that break in and steal. So the big word is trust. You know, you know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, do you know all of it? We say it every time, many times. What does he say? 
Trust in the Lord with what? Don't forget that part. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and then lean not on your own understanding. So look at this. If I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart, then I can trust him with my treasure. I'll be laying up my treasures in heaven. And therefore, not doing so is leaning on your own understanding. That's clear, church. Not doing so is leaning on my own understanding because if Jesus has told me this is what you're supposed to do and then I go do something else, what am I doing? I'm leaning on my own understanding and I'm not leaning on the wisdom of God. God told the children of Israel in, in, um, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, I think in verse 6, he told them this, do my commandments for this is your wisdom. In the nations that will hear about the word of God applied in our lives, the knowledge, the revelation knowledge of, of, of God's word applied in our lives becomes our wisdom. We live by it. We are secured because of that wisdom. We are protected because of that wisdom. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In how many ways do you acknowledge him? How many ways? And what will he do? And there's no path of God that leads to failure. Oh yeah, church. If you see someone, someone failing and you thought like, yeah, you know, they walked with God, but God failed them. No, we know better. God doesn't fail anyone. They didn't walk with God. They thought they were. Or maybe they deceived it as they were. But they're not walking with God. You can't walk with God and fail. Let me come this side. Probably they're hearing better. Maybe they're youth. You can't walk with God and fail. You can't. You're guaranteed victory. You can't, you can't walk with God and fail. Hey, church, you can't do business with God and fail. Yes. I mean, it's guaranteed victory. It's an overcoming kingdom of God. Listen, it's, it's, it's not some meeting on Sundays. It's life. It's life. You, you want victory in your life. You want him to show you what to do on a daily basis. I like him when he shows me things to come. You have inside out information. Amen. Do you like that? You think you like God to show you you're going to get married to in the next five years or ten years? And you know them. You haven't met with them yet, but you, you saw them and you saw how they appear. And when they show up, you say, oh, oh my goodness. It's the guy. The muscles just like I saw them. <laughs> Would you want that? I want that. Emmanuel, would you want that God showing you something concerning uh, some, some, some five, ten, fifteen years to come? Let me, let me give you an example of this. And I'm telling you, I can say this to the glory of God. 
give my life to Christ on 17th June 1996 on a Monday morning. Monday morning, I give my life to Christ. No, Monday, 12.30 p.m., I give my life to Christ. Having been drinking the night before, I had cigarettes in my pocket that morning when I was about to be prayed for. I had two sportsmen. I was a sportsman. (laughs) Two cigarettes in my pocket, just about to be prayed for. And the amazing thing, the one who prayed for me was, I didn't think like I was going to, you know, I, I, want, I needed something to be, I needed to get something. I, wasn't, I didn't want to be prayed for to be born again. But look at this. I go in there, had, I get into the compound of that lady in a rural setup. And then the husband, by the way, of that lady is not, was not born again. He's still not. We are believing God for him to be born again. So I told him, you know, he was a distant cousin. I told him, man, I'm about to be prayed in there. Can you have some cigarettes? He said, sure. I mean, if you, you, if, you, if you smoked roost, roost and then you get sportsman, I mean, that's prosperity. <laughs> you know, you know in, the, in the world, in the world, a guy can be smoking rooster, all those cheap cigarettes, and then they are, they are going for a date, then they buy Ember Smiled, and then they show up with a pack, they hold it over there. That, was, that for us, can you imagine how the world system thinks? We think like that to be prosperity. That's not prosperity. That's a curse. Anyway, I gave to him one. And then I went in there to be prayed for. And amazing thing, the lady cast out the devils out of me. One of which was smoking. That was a devil. By the way, if you've been struggling with that smoking, that's a devil. You need to know that. Because the lady didn't, didn't, she didn't know me, she didn't mince I was, she didn't know my lifestyle, she just got in the Holy Ghost, and one of the demons she cast out, she called it by name. Listen to the way, the way she called it. Uh, in Swahili, it'll be Pepo Amoshi. <laughs> now, in English, you'll be like the, the, the devil of smoke. Yes. Not fire, smoke, this is their cigarettes of tobacco. She cast out the devils out of me. Among others, you know, she, she cast out devils. This one she called so clear, the devil of chewing. It's not chewing food. It was Mira. <laughs> she was so specific. She was anointed by God to cast out devils out of me. And there I was free. Now look at this. Let me take you. Five days later, God convinces, convicts me of my sin. I weep inside out. Weeping and weeping and weeping. And every sin that I had committed, I felt like God. I had committed every single one of them against God. That night, after I repented, and he spoke to me so clear. I was with my brother in the same bedroom. He had his bed, I had mine. And then my brother would hear me answer back. But he couldn't hear the voice which was speaking to me. But I'm answering back. And listen, look at that. He's a drunkard. He's been drunk at the one you've been laughing at. All right? On Monday, Sunday night, I was drunk. Monday morning, I, was, I had so much hangover. That night, he shows me being in planes, planes plural, going to preach the gospel. That night. I've never seen a preacher in my family. That night, he shows me. I'm in a plane. Never gotten into any plane. He shows me, I've just turned 23 years of age, and he shows me sitting in the plains going to preach out the gospel to other nations. Oh, that blessed me. I thought, God, you're merciful. 
When God speaks to you concerning your future, your heart becomes fixed. Let's go to Psalm 112. See if I have time for this. If I don't finish and I think I won't, we'll continue next week. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the man who fears the Lord, who delights what? Greatly in his commandments. Look at verse 2. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Come on, let's, let's read that one together. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. They'll be in the house of that individual what? Sometimes believers we speak of wealth and riches as if it's a filthy word. It is in this is of the kingdom. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Remember we are talking of what? A kingdom heart. Don't forget heart, treasure, trust. Don't forget that. Go to the next one. And to the upright there arises light in the darkness... He is gracious. Who's that? The upright, righteous man. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Let's go to the next one. A good man deals graciously and does what? Lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion, being led by God. Let's go to the next one. Surely. Come on, you like to say that for yourself? Surely. He will never be shaken. Say it for yourself. Surely I will never be shaken. Now look at this. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Let's go to the next one. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. Why is that so? His heart is steadfast. What? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Don't forget this. Treasure, heart, trust. So here he is. He's not afraid of evil tidings. Why is that so? Remember, his heart is steadfast. What is he doing? He's trusting in the Lord. He has his treasure in the Lord. He has his heart in the Lord. He fully trusts. When, 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 when Jesus was speaking concerning that rich young ruler, he says how hard it is for those who do what? Trust in riches. But this man is not trusting in his riches. Is he wealthy? Is he wealthy? Yes, but he's not trusting in that. He's not trusting in that. You have wealth, but you're not trusting in that. That's the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness, people influenced by the kingdom of darkness, their mind is they use their money for evil. They trust in their money. But the people of the kingdom, they trust in God to direct them in the way they should go. And they use their money for good, doing good. They reach out to the needy. They reach out to the, they use their, their finances for the kingdom. And listen, he says this, you'll never outdo me. Go to the next one. His heart is what? 
That's powerful right there. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Listen, let me, let me put it in my version. He's not, he'll not be afraid until he sees his desires upon his enemies against poverty. Eradicates poverty in people's lives. Teaches them the kingdom of God principles. Invest in people's lives. Invest in the youth, in the next generation. Taking the next generation and investing in them. That's what I'm telling you. That's what this ministry has been doing. You know, doing, dealing with orphans. And, and here we have a school. Can you imagine this day? Let me see if I can give this testimony. Without anyone thinking like you, I'm drawing my attention to myself. But I, I, I like when... You are being led, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit and do something which is not in the day-to-day activities. You, you understand that? I had, as Tina sometimes say, when you go to a public place and in different places, she's not sure of what I'm going to do. I like that. You understand? That means, in the, you know, it's not like some husbands. The wife knows exactly what she is going to do. If he's told of a story, he says, yes. That's all he says. And the story took 20 minutes to be told to him. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. There's no one like, he, like that one here. These men are born again. These men are spirit-filled. These men are winning. Man, I thought you were going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look at this then. Uh, when I was it on Tuesday, I'm driving, coming over here from the house. And I reach a certain place down there in Garden Estate. And I see two ladies. Just, I was praying in the Holy Ghost. In fact, just when I left the gate from the house, I was a bit troubled inside of me. I thought, God, what is that? That doesn't feel like myself. And I started praying in the Holy Ghost. So I kept praying in the Holy Ghost. About 10, 15 minutes later, I see two ladies uh, near a certain gate over here in Garden Estate. Uh, one is lying down about, I think, 10 o'clock in the morning or 11, and the other one is seated. They're just looking at each other. And when I saw them, I felt like, that's unusual. I need to find out what it is. So I went ahead, made a turn, and go, went right there and stopped. And I asked, are you okay? He says, no, she's not feeling well. Oh, she isn't. Me come out, I'm going to pray for her. So I went. Laid my hands on her by the roadside. I, do I care? What about if they are looking at you? Who's that? <laughs> A cloud of witnesses is looking at me in heaven. I'm doing the work of Christ. So I laid hands on her and prayed for her, for this mama. And then I asked her, where are you from? She said, no, we, we do every kind of manual job and work, and we've been going around looking for any. What kind of work do you do? Any. So have you gotten? No, we haven't gotten anything, and... We are going on our, we are on our way back. I got into my pocket and gave them money and say, you split between yourself. Oh, they went, oh, 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 this is God. Oh, oh, I'm telling you every kind of expression. I said, you know, I said, I just want to bless you. And look at this. Then I told them, by the way, I'm a pastor down there. There's a church down there at the corner. Uh, down there, it's called Victor Fraser. Oh, you are? Which way? Where is that? Victor Fraser. He said, oh, my granddaughter comes over there in that, in that school. Wow. We come from a slum over there in Marurui. 
but my granddaughter comes to your school. You people are doing a good job. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm meeting with a grandmother of one of our children here coming from the slum, helping them, schooling them for free, and God is leading me to minister to her. And then she said, by the way, now I remember I saw you in the meeting that you had with the parents. Oh, okay. Anyway, the following day, I think two days later, we go to that slum to see where she lives. Church is a mercy. That's why believers, we have to be aggressive in the kingdom of God function to be wealthy, to help people out of their circumstances and teach them the gospel. But we went there, we brought her here, took some photos, took time to pray with her. When she came two days later, Tina and I were meeting with her and Miss Neema and, and, and how she said that, I got healed. Amen. I got healed. Let me, let me show you something over here. Lack and insufficiency can make someone so sick. And here comes a believer who has not only faith, but has money. It changes everything. You know, it's good to pray for a person who's in need and who are, who are hungry and after that to give them money. No, now, I've already prayed you and God fills your stomach with his goodness. No. No. The goodness is substance you have. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that, does that bless you? I mean, you're driving past the road and you see someone and you have been led by the Holy Ghost and you go minister to that person and their lives are changed. They see the compassion and the love of Christ. Do you know who they give glory to? Not the person who prayed for them. They give glory to God. God confirming to them that he loves them and he cares for them and he knows their needs and even when they are down the streets they don't need to ask for anyone there's someone that God will speak to and minister to their needs that's what we are supposed to be church your heart is established you'll not be afraid until you see the desires of your enemy the desire of that enemy of poverty and lack and insufficiency, ravaging the lives of people. You break the power of it and set a new standard of the kingdom of God. Look at this. He has dispersed abroad. What does he tell you about that? Dispersing abroad, he's a giver. He has his treasure in heaven. That's where his heart is because he fully trust in God. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved, gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. But not that man. Is that all? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's the body of Christ. That's the glorious church. That's the wealth, riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. Let's go. Let me, let me say some things over here. Trusting in the Lord, listen, establishes your heart no matter what happens. No matter what happens, your heart is established. Don't forget, trust, heart, treasure. 
People think like, oh, it's all about money. No, it's all about your heart. We're going to continue in some things next week, but let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I want you to see something over here. That's the NIV. Now look at this in verse 17. Look at this. this. He's a young pastor. Apostle Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. He's speaking to this young pastor. And listen, this is being spoken to the church. The New Covenant Church. Look at this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which means what? Not to do what? To trust in wealth. Listen, which is so uncertain. The heart of the righteous man is established because he trusts in God. But you can't put your trust in wealth because it is what? Uncertain. Look at this. But put their hope in God. This is the thing about trusting church. Who does what? Come on, say like you know it. Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Come on. Can you trust such a person who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment? I want that person. Listen, look, look at this. Money cannot do that. But God, putting our trust in him, who richly provides us with everything for enjoyment. So look at this. That's why I believe. I believe every kind of giving be led by the Holy Spirit in obedience to the word of God is laying up treasures in heaven. That includes even tithing. I'm going to go more into that. That includes even tithing. What does tithing have to do with my life? I'm saying this. I'm trusting God in his word. I can rely on God's character. I can rely on God's ability who says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I can rely on him. I can trust him. And look at this. I am saying this. 10% belongs to you, Father, because my sustenance is not in what I get. My sustenance comes in you. I can trust you who does what? Richly provides me with everything for my enjoyment. Yeah, but I need to stay. You know, you know, uh, tithing has become so difficult for me. I need to, to stay with my money. You don't trust them. You're not trusting them. Don't spend that money until you start trusting God. And then you go to the word of God until trust rises up, faith rises up. And then you say, now God, whatever it takes, I'm going to give time. And devil, if you bother me so much, I'll give away all this money. Oh yeah, you get aggressive. Have you never done that? I'm serious, I have. I've done that. He said, okay, devil, you bothering me with this, I'll give all of it. Tina can tell you that and say, hey, oh yeah, okay. And say, oh, okay. I'm giving all of it there. I realize that I'm, there's a time where even I could sleep under a tree. I didn't care. I had no coin. You, you understand? 
You've ever been in a place even when thugs are passing by, they can't touch you. What, touch you for what? Then <laughs> you don't have anything, thugs will touch you for what? I've been there. <laughs> you have nothing, what, what are they looking for? And your soul is already committed to Jesus. The shoes, they are not. <laughs> They are waiting for their day of redemption. <laughs> I've been there. I, I'm serious. I remember one day, I think I'd just given my life to Christ, and I lived in Babadogo. I'd given my life to Christ two years in a slum, in a slum area of Babadogo. Not a slum. You know, every place I lived was more of a slum area. You see, Babadogo, there's a good place, but I didn't live in that good place of Babadogo. I lived in a, another place of Babadogo where the pit latrine was this deep. The pit, I mean, the toilet was this deep. Now you can tell how deep it was. I couldn't enter with the same clothes that I'm going with them to town. I'm, I'm serious. You have to make sure you enter into that toilet with one set of clothes, and then when you go to the house, you change before you go to town. I'm telling you the truth. Now that's called lack. You think I was poor? I wasn't. I was lacking. But my faith was working. But I remember this. I walked a thing from Wisely with my Bible. Then I walked through Korogocho. You know Korogocho, that slum? To pass through some Babadogo area, let me tell you some words. Some words that don't reflect prosperity. You know, Korogocho. Can you imagine? I mean. <laughs> and then you cross over, you cross to Kariobangi. Can you imagine? I mean, nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can change if you live over there. You can change those things. And then over, over, you cross over to a certain village called Kariadudu. Can you imagine? <laughs> Gomongo. What, what are those, those words mean? Now, the, those are my, my, my areas to preach the gospel. But let me tell you that. I'm telling you that too. I walk through Korogojo. And those, some rowdy boys over there, some youth, you know, you can tell they are thugs. They came around me and started searching me. They found nothing. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. They found nothing but the Bible and they gave it back to me. And nothing. And nothing they could steal. Now that's luck. Why am I going into that? First, okay, so he gives us what? Richly, all things to enjoy. But look at this verse 18. Command them to do good. That's laying up treasures in heaven. Listen. Command them to do good, to be rich in what? Good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. This is what will happen. In this way. Which way? Go back to verse 18. Which way? Doing good, being rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. Verse 19, in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Amen. Hallelujah, yeah, bless the Lord. That is truly life. Quickly, we'll continue that next, next, next week. But listen to this. Giving opens you up for the true reality of life. Giving opens you up for the true reality of life.
Go quickly to Luke 12, 16 to 21. Luke 12, 16 to 21. Look at this. Again, another something over here. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a rich man, a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Hey, this was not a fiction. Jesus said, a certain rich man. Not a fictitious person. It's a certain rich man. It's like I'm talking about a certain guy in my village, and I say a certain guy in my village. You see, that's, unless you're a liar, that's fictitious. But this is the truth. Jesus is the truth. So he's talking about a certain rich man. That man existed. And probably was existing, was living right time that Jesus was walking on this earth. And most likely. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself. Did you start from verse 16? Mm, I could have. Go back there when he says, uh, beware of covetousness. That's verse what? 15. Because there's a man who came and say, uh, give me, tell my brother to give me an inheritance. That, wait, verse 14, I think. Does it say? Yeah. On verse 13. Anyway, let's see over there. Then one from the crowd said to him, Jesus is speaking. When you look at it in context, Jesus is speaking something else. Here comes a man who's been thinking about money. He says, hey, hey, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. In other words, he wasn't listening to the teachings of Jesus. He's thinking about an inheritance. I'll use Jesus so that if he speaks to my brother, he'll give me an inheritance. He wasn't following anything that Jesus was teaching. Go read it in context. I'm serious. Go read it in context. So he tells Jesus, he starts sending Jesus. Man, he said, tell my brother to, be a, to give me an inheritance. And then, and then goes, but he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? When did you employ me to do such a work? And he says, now remember, remember you're in a crowd, you, may, you, you shouted, and then Jesus answers you that way, and he gives an example. You know who's talking about. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? So, so he says this, and he said to them, take heed and be aware of covetousness, covetousness. In other words, this guy, that's exactly what he's doing. He's not listening to anything that I'm teaching. There's covetousness here. He says, take it and be of covetousness. And so he says a powerful statement over there. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Do you remember uh, Proverbs 4.23? Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes what? The issues of life. It's the sources of life. He says this, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. What he ought to be doing is to guard his heart. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Because if your heart is in possession, your treasure is in possession, that's exactly where you are. You are caught up in covetousness. And I say, the system controlled by the devil is called hoarding. Get all you can, like what Brother Francis said, and end up sitting on that can. 
hoarding. That's what it is. The, 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 it's opposite of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is what? Love gives. Love distributes. You share. Huh? Love gives. And he said to them, take heed of, right, of, of uh, covetousness. For once, life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. But look at this. And he spoke a parable saying to them, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself. That was his, his mistake right there. He didn't ask God. He didn't ask God. He thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Look at how many times that I appears. He thought within himself, thus I, within himself, and saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? God is out of the equation. And what does he say? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my bounds and build greater this is the year of the greater. I need to build some things greater. You know, that, that, that's what he's thinking. And there, I will store all my crops and my goods. Whoa. I was making a certain statement in the, in the morning and talking with Tina. And I said, you know what? I'll do this and I'll do this. And you know, I'm thinking of doing this. And she said, Honey, you're not including me in any of those things. You're just speaking about yourself. I said, but you already discussed about this. You are this doing this, so I'm doing this. I said, you're doing that. But she said, I was just doing, and I wasn't that man. But I was expressing, expressing desire. He said, you're talking about what you're going to do. You've not planned me, in, you've not included me in those plans. I said, Sure. Anyone has ever happened? Wife has ever, have you ever felt that way sometimes? Yes. <laughs> if you are sitting next to your wife, just look at her with a corner eye. <laughs> you felt that way sometimes, men, you know, when, when husbands, they are talking of their plans. And they're thinking, why am I? Why am I in this? They have big plans, but I'm not in either. Then they end up saying this, behind a successful Behind a successful husband, there's a woman. You are now the one. Anyway. And I will say to my soul, Saul, you have many goods. Listen, look at this. Laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. God answered immediately. Say to him, fool. A fool has said in his heart, there is no what? He involves, he doesn't acknowledge God. He doesn't involve him in any of his plans. He doesn't inquire anything from him. He doesn't follow anything of God. He doesn't want the principles. God says, fool, this night, your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So it is you who does what? Lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Church, that's right there. Church, God is dealing with our hearts. 
remember this from the TPT, that verse 20 and 21. 20 and 21, the Passion Translation. It says this. Are we there? Is it the one? Okay. It says, verse 20, 20, 20 and 21. 20 and 21. God said to him, look at this. What a fool you are. Come on, read it together with me. What a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. Are demanding to take your life. Then who will get all the wealth you have stored up for yourself? What a fool you are. He says, go, go, go back over there. What a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. Whoa. Church, that's big. Giving opens you up to the true reality of life. What a fool can anyone be to trust in his riches and it in God? That's foolish. Your giving is an indication of trust. You are for God and his word. The body of Christ, you should never negotiate concerning tithing or giving into the kingdom of God. It should never be negotiable. Why is that so? Because first of all, as a believer, you need to go to the word of God and find out what the word of God says. No, no, no one should be telling you. You need to find out. You need to read from the Bible. The, the new covenant people, the Bible says that will be in the new covenant that I will put my laws in their minds and write them in the tablets of their, in their hearts. None of them shall teach his neighbor know me because all they shall, all shall know me. The Lord wants us to go and search out the scriptures for ourselves. Like that church in Acts, is it in Acts 17, 11? They searched out the scriptures to find out what was being taught if it was the truth. It's not about being ignorant. Say, so your pastor said this, you know, you know, I don't believe what he said. No, believe the Bible. Go to the Bible. I've read to you the Bible. I'll show you the scriptures. What you ought to do as believers in Christ. I'll repeat this before I wind up. But look at this. The Lord spoke to me on 22nd of August, 22nd of August in 1997. And he said this, I have given you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. He spoke to me that clear. And it's been 22 years. That's Isaiah 45 verse 3. Thank you, gentlemen. Isaiah 45 verse 3. And I've been, I've been meditating on it and over the years I've gotten glimpse of it or here and there. But recently when I'm reading the, uh, when I'm, I'm studying concerning this, which I've taught several times, but not this extensive, the Lord showed me something over here from the scriptures. I can show you so clear from the scriptures. He says this. Now giving into the kingdom of God, in this hour we are living in, you've had it been prophesied over the years. And the Bible of, the, the word of God says so, that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Do you know wicked what they have been doing? They've been hoarding. I do believe those are some of those hidden riches of secret places and the treasures of darkness. Because what they have been hoarding is in the hands of the devil. What is hoarded, remember, what is serving self is in the hands of the devil. He's holding it. 
right over there. Because if I'm keeping it for myself, I'm, I'm holding it for myself, I don't want to give it out. When God speaks for me to give it out, I'm not giving it out. Remember, it's in the hands of self. And the God of self, small g, is the devil. But if I'm listening to my creator, if I'm listening to my redeemer, the head of the church, if I'm listening to the one who loves me, this is what he'll tell me. He'll give me instructions of what to do because what he has in mind is to increase me and to bless me and to shower me with wealth and riches because he knows my heart. Sometimes you go before the Lord and say, Lord, you know my heart. I say, yes. The Lord, if the Lord answered you, yes, I know what is in your heart, that one. You will not even pray anymore. It's a time for repentance. You know my heart. I say, yeah, I know that. You are selfish. I've known that for a long time. But look at this. This is what will happen. That which has been hoarded by the kingdom of darkness. Believers who are walking in obedience through their tithing, through their giving, and they're listening to the Lord, they're doing business with God, they're being led by the Holy Spirit, wherever they are, they're pursuing the kingdom of God, their hearts are in the kingdom of God, this is what will happen. God, by his power, by the authority that is in the name of Jesus in, and in the believer's life, he will transfer that wealth those treasures that are being hoarded by the devil into the hands of the righteous because this is what the righteous will do. Will transfer it into the heavenly system and impact men. And the devil will have no access to it because in the system, the heavenly system, there is no what? Moth, there is no rust, there is no thief. And what, what is, look at this, because this is where the heart of this believer is at. This is where the, tre, the treasure is in God, the heart is in God, the transfer takes place. Stripping the devil and transferring it to the church. The kingdom of God on this earth. You are yet to see the riches in the body of Christ that you've never seen before. In the, in the inception of the church, it says none of them lacked. None of them lacked. I'm telling you, it's coming into the body of Christ that will be in a congregation and all they can say is like, what can we do? Hey, we're in a better covenant. Here's the children of Israel having been delivered from, from, from Egypt and they went to the wilderness. They started giving to the building of the house of God until Moses said, no, 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 stop it, stop it, stop it. It's too much. I am in this generation and I'm believing God to see that. where believers are transferring properties into the kingdom of God with no thought of resistance. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. Did you receive something out of it? That's for the kingdom, church. God wants your treasure. God wants your heart. God wants you to trust him. 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Would, you, would you think of this that you've, you've just bought, you know, Mercedes Benz, and, and you, you, you bought it, you know, for, for 10 million, and, and then you, you walk out and during the service, and you are, you are fellowshipping with some people, and someone is passing, and the Lord says this, would you give that Mercedes Benz to that family? I say, sure, Lord, I will. Let me talk to them. I lost some of you. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Did I lose some of you? That's what I'm talking about. And then you, you, you give it out after the service, and you just, you, you just give it, and, and you, you catch Uber home. Or you call the driver to, to go pick up the vehicle and bring it, the other one. Thank you. Bless the Lord. Church, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, listen, and, and when you hear, the world hears this, you say, oh, all other pastors are talking about is money. What's the problem with the money? The love of God, the, the love of it is the root of all evil, but there's nothing wrong with money. What does the church have to do with money? To place it at the right hands. Stand up on your feet, please. Hallelujah. Don't withhold your tithes. Don't withhold your giving. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to him when you are walking downtown, when you are driving downtown. Listen to him what he will instruct you. And you will be amazed of what he's going to do in your life. Glory be to God. Just lift up your hands. I'm going to pray over him. Father, in the name of Jesus. I know there's much more that you have and you desire for us to experience in the kingdom of God. Father, you say in your word that my God will supply all our needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There's much in the kingdom of God that we haven't realized yet. But Father, we are believing you you say if you are faithful with the little, you'll make us ruler over much. Father, you know where every person is at. And I'm praying for the change of heart to be truly the heart of the kingdom. You so loved us that you gave your only son, Jesus Christ. You say through him you've given us all things. I pray for your people, Father. I know this is your word. I know the people in this place that you want to change their lives forever. Forever. That the place they have been will never be the same. A transformation. Father, I ask you for the outpouring of your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of the understanding enlightened. That they may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of your inheritance in the saints? The riches of your inheritance in the saints. And what is exceeding greatness of your power to us who are who believe? According to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead, and you have made him sit at your right hand, and you have raised us up together with him, and you have made us sit together with him at your right hand, far above all principality, the forces of darkness, the, the, the kingdom of darkness, far above. Father, we prophesy 
and believe that this is the season and this is the hour and this is the time we are living that we'll see the wealth of the wicked being transferred to the kingdom of God supernaturally. Father, find us faithful. I ask you that you help us that you may find us faithful in this ministry, in the church, and everyone in the sound of my, my voice, Father. Help us that you may find us faithful to honor you. David, the King David prayed, said, Father, all what I've given to you is that which you've given to me. In other words, indicating that I have nothing of myself. But all the gold and silver he gave towards the building of the temple. He says, all riches have come from you, Father, and mine giving back to you is my reasonable service. Father, may that be our attitude in the kingdom of God. That all that you've given to us at any given time, that we cannot withhold it from you, but we can turn it over to you all the time. I ask you, Father, for every one of us in this place and everyone hearing this message, I ask you, Father, for this in Jesus' name.